This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer. We are here two times a week to give you everything you need for the NFL. It is week 11. We are ready for some football. It's a tough slate this week from a betting standpoint. It is a tasty slate from a football standpoint. Lots of really interesting, intriguing matchups. I'm excited to talk about them today. Raheem, how are you feeling about this week's slate? I feel really good about this week's slate. A lot of games which, you know, are going to have some playoff implications. Um, We're going to have one team going one way, teams going another way. And I just think it's a good week to make some money. So I'm excited. It's always a good week to make some money. You know, we were texting earlier this week trying to think about, we always do these three marquee games now on Friday. And we had like seven games this week that we were thinking about doing. So a lot of good games to talk about here. We're excited to break them down. Of course, reminder to download the app. If you haven't done that yet, what are you waiting for? You got to get the app. Odds today on this podcast are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. We'll get to our three games. We'll do our best bets and our look ahead later. Let's get down to business and hit our first game. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So the big game that sneakily, maybe, maybe, if they're finally back, could possibly be a Super Bowl preview. The Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the big one. I think that of all the games we knew, even we had seven games to narrow down, this one had to be on, on the picks. We had to talk about this one. On one side, you've got a loaded team, tons of weapons, power all over the field, a serious MVP candidate, a real shot of the Super Bowl. And then you got the Chiefs, the Cowboys. They're legit. The Chiefs maybe are legit. So here's my first question for you. Chiefs are favorite here. They're at home, two and a half points. Are the Chiefs back? What percentage back do you think the Chiefs are? I don't think the Chiefs are back. I think they played a Raiders team, which was the perfect matchup that refused to play the two deep shell that every other team is playing. <laughs> Do you think the Chiefs are back? Yeah, I, I also agree that. I think that the Chiefs are backer than I thought that they were a week ago. Uh, I would say the Chiefs are 60% back. I thought that they were well below 50% before. So I'm giving them some credit. Uh, You know, a lot of what we saw on Sunday was the Raiders and that defense. We talked about that on the Sunday night pod. I do think some of it, we got to give credit to the Chiefs also. Uh, Tyreek and and, uh, Kelsey looked a little bit better. And I think Mahomes was making better decisions. You know, a little bit more of kind of that second career stage for Aaron Rodgers of, all right, well, this is what I've got. I'm going to take what's there. I'm going to check it down. I'm going to do these short passes. I'm going to get the ball into my hands of my playmakers. It did feel like the Chiefs are adjusting to what they've been seeing from all these defenses all season. So I think it was some of both. I think more of it was the Raiders. 
by th- so this line it's two and a half so i'm curious two things i want to know what does your model make this line and what do you think this line would have been before the season started before the season started this line would have been seven yeah i think so like i personally have it at a pickle since the season started your model has moved as you think well not that your model would have made it seven, but we think the look ahead probably would have been seven. So it's moved a whole touchdown. Is that fair, do you think? Or, or have we moved too far away from the Chiefs? Well, when you look at the Chiefs, let's, let's break down the Chiefs. If you look at the Chiefs' defense, they're 31st in EPA per play on defense, 32nd in early down success rate on defense. This is one of the worst defenses in the league, and they're playing a Cowboys team, which is – Top five EPA play, top five early down success rate, top down success rate, and can run the ball. What can the Chiefs not do? They can't stop the run. So if you can't stop the run and you got to deal with Ezekiel Elliott, you got to deal with Pollard, you're in trouble. So I think this is a fair line. And it's not only the Cowboys are able to run, but they have Amari Cooper. They have Michael Gallup coming back this week. This is an explosive Cowboys offense. And Look at the last couple of weeks. Who do they play? Jordan Love, Daniel Jones, a Raiders team with no Henry Rugg. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on everything that you just said. I think that, you know, the Chiefs defense has looked better, but against who? You know, there, there's a reason that, you know, you and I use DVOA a lot on here. The reason that we go to DVOA a lot is because it takes into account the schedule. It takes into account who are you playing. And the Chiefs defense by EPA, which doesn't account for that as much, they're up to 21st the last four weeks. Chiefs defense for the whole season on DVOA is only 30th. They were bottom. Now they're two from the bottom. They've gotten better, certainly. It's hard to relate. Genuinely, they couldn't get worse. They're historically among the worst defenses ever at the beginning of the season. You literally only can get better. But DVOA is warning us they haven't gotten that much better because they haven't really done it against anyone yet. The one game in the stretch where they did play a tougher offense was Tennessee. They lost that game and they barely could move the ball at all. And they were not good. So Dallas is a totally different test. Uh, This is a, this is a major, major offensive weapon and scheme. Kellen Moore is, is really mixing things up while calling plays. Michael Gallup, I think is an underrated return. Like you mentioned, getting him back on the field, looking healthy. He was making big plays already last week. Um, and with Gallup and Amari Cooper and um, CeeDee Lamb, yeah. with those three, it's it's the most talented receiving crew in the league. I, I don't know how you stop the offense. So the, the Cowboys are going to score. Can the Chiefs keep up with them? Here's the interesting thing about this game, and I, I really want to talk about the total because Cowboys are obviously missing Randy Gregory. They they're just they're gonna they're gonna struggle to slow down this Chiefs offense, but I don't know if that necessarily translates to an over. You know, this over is getting smashed. This is one of those what they call a fire drill over, where you have two explosive offensive teams. This total opened at fifty three and a half. We're now up to fifty five and fifty six in some spots. But the thing that concerns me about this total is that. I could see the Cowboys sitting on the ball and having those stretches where they run the ball for five minutes. Even though they've been an explosive offense, you still got Ezekiel Elliott. You still got Pollard. I don't know how I feel about this, this game going over, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting because it's easy. As someone that doesn't play a lot of totals, 
it's easy to look at this game, see the offenses, see the Chiefs being back, all caps back, and being like, all right, 45-42. It's going to be one of those, like, remember that Monday night game a couple years ago in Mexico City with uh, the Rams and the Chiefs? And it was just literally who has the ball last. They're going to score every possession. Like, you stop a team for a field goal, and it felt like you won the game. It's easy to look at this game and see that. I think, though, that that also is not giving Dallas's defense enough credit. Like, you're right, they're missing some guys on the line is a concern. But I think the defense for the Cowboys has proven that they can hang. Like, they between how well they've played and how inconsistent the Chiefs have been, I don't think the Cowboys are giving up 40 in this game. Like, they could. Uh, I'm a little worried about uh, Trayvon Diggs getting beat on a couple double moves. I'm very interested to see what happens with Diggs in this game. Like, his whole defensive player of the year candidacy, either he intercepts Patrick Mahomes a time or two, that's certainly in play or it goes very much the other way when the line is a field goal in his favor or less. So, you know, my, he's minus two and a half here, or even at toward an underdog 10, two and one against the spread. So when he's not a big favorite, he's dominating, but I look at the spread and it feels like the books are begging me to just throw my money at the chiefs. The chiefs are back. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my model makes the game a pickup and, with a lot of these lines, you have to use your priors. You can't throw away priors because football is just such a small sample size sport that you don't want to throw away everything you know about these teams before the season. And obviously the Chiefs have had some really bad turnover luck. So I, I understand it. So, yeah, I get it. I'll just take the Cowboys. I love the two and a half here. I'd like the three, but I don't think it's going to get there. We know that road dogs, short road dogs, especially have been very good this season. And I like Dallas. I also think if Dallas wins, this might be your last window to really get odds on Dallas futures. Dak Prescott, I'm seeing at plus 800 MVP uh, at some books. If Dak goes on the road to Kansas City and has a big game against Pat Mahomes, I think that this is your last shot to get in on Dak Prescott. I've been on Tom Brady all season. That's my guy. I'm getting a little worried, and Dak is the hedge that I'm making. I just put it into the app this morning with my bet. I think you need to get a little piece of Dak here. Do you think so? Oh, I definitely agree with that. And then obviously, the, 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 the Cowboys have the Raiders next week on Thanksgiving. They're laying seven. So I almost wonder if you want to grab a little minus seven against the Raiders in advance at that, because if they win this game, the line is going to go up. So I like that. It's a, it's a look ahead, look ahead. We're looking ahead of our segment before we even get there. A little Thanksgiving action. So I'm Cowboys plus two and a half. What is your best play on this one? I, I think I'm think I'm leaning with the Cowboys on this one too. I, w- I would personally buy this up to three. I'm not really a big fan of buying points, but I think if you could find a cheap buy to three at minus one twenty five, minus one thirty, you can pay ten to twenty cents. I, I don't think you're you're losing too much by buying on that three. I think I saw you put them in a teaser. This is a pretty obvious Dallas teaser spot too. Do you, do you like them here? Oh yeah, I definitely like them on a the teaser. I, I think you tease that up through the eight and a half, you're crossing off those key numbers of six and seven. I think you're in a good spot here. All right, let's head north to Minnesota where my Vikings are hosting the Green Bay Packers, the big rivalry division game. The line is dropping a little bit. The Packers are favored on the road here. But I'm seeing at BetMGM, our official odds provider, Packers minus one and a half on the road as we podcast. The Packers got blown out week one. They have covered nine straight games since then. They went 13 and three, both the last two seasons. 
you and I have been talking about and waiting forever for the Packers regression. Is it ever going to come? Look, there's a Packers fan that humiliates us. They claim that we pick against the Packers <laughs> every week, which we, which we don't do. We just pick against the Packers sometimes. And some, I mean, unfortunately, it hasn't gone our way with the Seattle Seahawks. It didn't go our way with the Washington football team who really should have won that game. They got into the red zone seven times. It didn't score. But I'm picking up against the Packers this week. There's a lot of sharp money on the, on the Minnesota Vikings. We actually gave this out on a hot read and actually got to three at one point, which I said it would. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on this game? I know you're a Vikings fan. Obviously, I'm really high on the Vikings. I want to hear what you think. Yeah, I know you, you've, been, you've been backing the Vikings a lot here, and correctly so, I should add. I, I understand the read of liking the Vikings here because I think that these teams are pretty even teams. You wouldn't think so from the standings. The standings have the Packers way out ahead. The perception is that the Packers are the Packers like always. They're the 13-3 and three Packers riding all the way. The Vikings, though, I think is where the perception is off. If you look at DVOA, again, where it's taking into account schedule strength and everything else, Minnesota actually is the better team. Minnesota is ninth in DVOA. Green Bay is 12th. However, here's the thing about that. Again, we're taking, taking into account the whole season. The Packers are getting dinged pretty hard, I think, for the Saints game. And that's a long time ago and not super relevant to me anymore. They're also, I think, getting dinged pretty hard for the Jordan Love game where they missed Aaron Rodgers and where and, and probably not getting enough credit for that win over the Cardinals where they're without Devontae Adams. because It's not taking into account who's on the field and did Aaron Rodgers play. And when your offense lays a complete egg against the terrible Chiefs defense, then that is going to really tank your offensive rankings there. So, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, they're both top 12 in offense and defense on DVOA. But I do think that they're a little bit underrated by the metrics. If I'm looking across the board, here's the mismatch that I see. Both run defenses are pretty bad. Neither one has really stopped the run this season. A.J. Dillon is in. What do you think about the difference from Aaron Jones to A.J. Dillon? Does that matter to you? I think it matters a ton because when you, when you think about it, Aaron Jones is a big in the passing game. He's you know more of a finesse and a skill type runner. He's a little bit more shifty. A.J. Dillon is more of a power back, and I think that limits them a ton. And then you have to remember, like, this Packers team is they're dealing with a ton of injuries. But at some point, how much can they overcome? Look at this Packers team. You mentioned that they aren't really performing like a 13-3 team. They're 8-2 and two with the Pythagorean expectation of just 6.1 wins. So this team is kind of escaping on thin ice. And then when you look at it, defensively, their corners have played well without Zaire Alexander, but you got to deal with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And Packers went 13-3 and last year. But one of the teams that beat them was this Minnesota Vikings team because they were able to run the ball so well. Dalvin Cook had 30 rushes for 163 yards and three touchdowns on the ground alone. And he added two touches for 63 yards and another touchdown. And this was at Lambeau Field. So I think the Vikings have all the advantages here. Obviously, they can run the ball. They can establish the play action. This Vikings team has led by seven points in every single game. And they've played the night's toughest schedule in the NFL. Okay, so I need to push back. I understand. I understand the Vikings love, but it's not like the Vikings are healthy. Daniil Hunter, the most important defensive player, out for the season. And we saw how the Vikings defense fell apart without him last year. 
Anthony Barr, who's been really big in the Packers game specifically, is out in this one. Michael Pierce, who's important in the run game, out. Harrison Smith, who's probably the second best defensive player, is a question mark with COVID. Still looks like he'll play, but we don't know. Like the defense for Minnesota, which is the strength of the team, it's a big question mark right now. And so Green Bay is trending in the right direction. Also the defense. If you look at their defensive DVOA, the first six weeks, Packers were number 17. And since then, number six defense by DVOA. And I just think if you look at the defenses, Minnesota's guys are getting hurt. Green Bay is still missing their key guys, but they figured out how to defend well even without them. Their defense has been playing well. When they played the Bears, Justin Fields, who struggled most of this year, they averaged 16 points per game. And in the last two games, they put up 27 and 24 points. So this is not an offense that you're afraid of. They played the Washington football team, and the Washington football team got into the red zone a million times. They played Kyler Murray, who was banged up. And then, obviously, they played Russell Wilson, whose finger has been all jacked up. Yeah. And then the Chiefs were struggling offensively against everybody. So I'm, not, I'm still not totally bought in on his defense. And I think when you, have, when you factor in the other losses – at some point, they can't continue to, to maintain at this level. This Packers team is not going to go 16-1. and one. Well, we, we know that. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is a road game in Minnesota, and I know home foot advantage has disappeared in the NFL for the most part. However, if there's one place that has home foot advantage outside of Denver where there's altitude, it's Minnesota. And you know this as a fan. So The other thing here is at minus one and a half, basically – the books are saying it's going to be close late. Someone's going to have to win it late. And I think that's where, as the Vikings fan, I either got Kirk Cousins late or I have Aaron Rodgers late. And which one of those two do I want to go with if it's a close game late? Rodgers is 63% covering against the spread in the division. He's 67% as a one-score favorite. As a one-score division favorite, 72% cover rate. This is just what he does. He takes care of these games. Kirk and Zimmer, when it's a field goal or less, 5-13 against the spread, 28%. So the trends do not like Kirk Cousins in these close games, and they love Rodgers in the close games. At one and a half, I just think I have to take the team I think is going to win, and I have to take Rodgers. This Packers team is not going to go 16-1. and one. We, we know that. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is a road game in Minnesota, and I know home foot advantage has disappeared in the NFL for the most part. However, if there's one place that has home foot advantage outside of Denver where there's altitude, it's Minnesota. And you know this as a fan. So I'm, I do, I'm I do know, here. I do know, but the Mike Zimmer at home trend that had been so strong for so long over the last like two, two and a half seasons has really cratered. So yeah, your, your points are fair. I think your point about the schedule, especially is very fair. Again, DVOA is taking into account opponent strength. I think it'll be close. So we're head-to-head on that one. I'm on the Packers. You're on the Vikings. Let's go to our third game. I think that we might be head-to-head on this one, too. Saints and Eagles. I'm most excited to, to watch the Philadelphia Eagles lose as a Cowboys fit. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, to me, I think this is, this is the perfect matchup. When you look at this matchup, what do the Eagles do? They built an identity running the ball. And I gave this out on the hot read the other day. But the Eagles have been running – on the last three weeks, they've been running 58% of the time. And they found success against the Lions, the Chargers, the Broncos, teams which are 29th, 32nd, 24th in football outside of rushing DVOA. 
this week they're going to be facing the New Orleans Saints team, which are first in rushing DVOA and just giving up 3.9 yards per carry with a 32% rushing success rate. So I'm not expecting Boston Scott and Jordan Howard to run wild. So I think seeing those two battle back and forth and seeing what the Eagles come up with and what, what Nick, Nick Sirianni proves to do, that, that's what's exciting for me. Yeah, I agree. That's I'm excited to watch that the Philadelphia run game against the Saints run defense, like the Saints run D elite all season long. The Eagles, their whole identity changed. I did the numbers on this. The first seven games of the season, the Eagles ran 165 times for 547 yards in three games since then. So this is versus seven, 125 carries, 626 yards. So they have more yards running the last three games and the first seven games combined. They've gone 24 carries a game to 42 carries a game. So they're basically doubled, literally doubled what they're running. So at first, when I looked at this, I was like, okay, well, this is the exact matchup you don't want as the Eagles. It's the run defense built to stop you. So then what? And then I dug into it. And the then what question is Jalen Hurts and the passing game. The Eagles run defense has also been pretty good. The Saints run a lot. Alvin Kamara is still a question mark uh, with his health. So then it comes down to, okay, which passing team can do the damage? If the run games end up mostly being neutralized, then who passes? And it's easy to be like, well, Sean Payton will figure it out. Jalen Hurts actually has had very strong numbers over the last month or so. His EPA has been very high. His completion percentage over expectation has been very high. His air yards is 10.9 per throw over the last month. That leads the league. It's a very Lamar Jackson sort of profile. It's like running the ball a lot. And then when you do throw, not so often, but dialing it up deep and really hitting for the big play. Devontae Smith has looked good. What do I fear about the Saints passing attack? Trevor Simeon was the third string guy. Like his metrics are not good. He's had a few nice throws, but the numbers have not looked good with him. Michael Thomas is out. Alvin Kamara, we don't know how much he'll be able to give. Like, why do I fear the Saints passing game? I think if the run games get neutralized, I have to pick the quarterback I trust. And I trust Jalen Hurts more than Trevor Simeon right now. I, I think this is this is totally off, off base. I'm so like when you look at the Eagles run defense, they don't have a great run defense. 20th in rushing DVOA and 24th in rushing success rate. So I think these two offenses are quite similar in that they're gonna try to limit turnovers, they're gonna try to play conservative, and they're gonna try to run the ball. I think the Saints will be able to do that more. Like Look at last week. Javante Williams had eight carries for 48 yards, six point yards per carry. Melvin Gordon had nine carries for 45 yards, five yards a carry. And the Broncos were in the red zone with the ability to, to tie the game before Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball. And then Darius Slate runs the ball back and pretty much ends the game. You're going to see a good game from Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. I think you're going to see some Taysom Hill out there. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball in control. And to me, Trevor Simeon has proved that, at least in Sean Payton's offense, is that if you can control the ball, you control the offense, you can make just enough plays and enough to, to allow them to win that game. And then also, look at this. Scatter is probably one of their biggest targets. He's in con- concussion protocol and could be out for this game. He didn't practice yesterday. So if you have to just slow down Devonta Smith, who, who do the Saints need to be worried about? Yeah, I, I think it's a fair question. I just, I feel like Hertz and Devontae Smith have proven enough of a threat. It, I think, 
I'm looking very myopically at the Eagles here. And I think that that is, it could be very bad, but I think it's not necessarily fair for this particular team to look at all the season long metrics, just because we've seen such a very different version of them these last three weeks. So when I say that they have been a good run defense over the last five weeks, they've been number five in run defense by EPA per play. When I look at their passing game, they're number 23 passing EPA for the season. They're number one over the last four weeks. So maybe that's too myopic and that's possible, but maybe this is a different version of the team and that they've found an identity and really gotten going. If you do like the Eagles, like I'm leaning, I think that the interesting play could be taking the Saints to miss the playoffs because I think the Saints do lose this game. That's three in a row. And the NFC wild card is, is very open, especially if the Saints lose. I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I understand it on an individual game basis like because I felt like I was on a lot of these. I mean, obviously, I understood it against the Packers. I understood it against the Raiders. I understood it against the Lions because they had that beatdown loss to the Raiders, and the Lions are the Lions. I didn't quite understand it against the Chargers. I, I was with them on the Broncos, so I get it week to week. But I just think in this matchup, their advantages are going to be neutralized. And see, I disagree with you when you say this is a different Eagles team. It's, it's, there's a pretty clear dichotomy in how the Eagles won. They've gotten lit up by Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. And their games against Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. We're head-to-head. I'm on the Eagles. You're on the Saints. That's our second head-to-head on this one for the week. Uh, we did agree on the Cowboys. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before we make a few best bets. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. Week 11 best bets. Again, as always, we're just going to do radio show version here. We've got these up on the app. They're on actionnetwork.com. They're on social. We've got videos out, articles, etc. Just want to give you a quick reminder, a few other plays we like. So Raheem, what is one of your week 11 best bets? Going with the Washington football team. Look, I don't understand this line at all. They're plus three and a half. 
against the Carolina Panthers. What has the Carolina Panthers done to get this level of respect within the market? Look, last week they were catching 10 points. One of my, one of my favorite angles is to look at a team who goes from an underdog, a real underdog, to a home favorite. And, I mean, at best, this line should be 2-1. Look, these two teams are equally matched teams, so I have this at a pick em. But the public is betting this at a 70% clip after their 34 to 10 victory over the Cardinals were missing. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, they were banged up all over the place. They built the hospital out of their players. And somehow the market isn't factoring Washington's 29-19 win over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, obviously, Washington's going to be missing some guys and Chase Young, Montez Sweat. But this overall, when you look at the rest of this team, they're getting healthy. Like you got... All-pro guard, Brandon Sheriff back. You got Sam Kosman, who might be playing. Offensive tackle. You look at Terry McLaurin. You look at Antonio Gibson. Those are guys who got healthier after the bye week. And if you kind of erase some of their unlucky performances against the Packers and the Broncos, where they got to the red zone repeatedly and didn't score, I think they were starting to regress to me. I think this is a numbers play, a plus three and a half. Washington's a positive expected value proposition. And what do we expect from Cam Newton? Like, let's, let's be honest. Cam Newton, what did he do last year to make you think that he's worthy of moving this line to three and the hook? I, I, this, this is bonkers to me. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's a little unfair. I thought Cam was actually pretty good last season before COVID, and it was so early and so short that we only really remember how bad it went afterward. I took Carolina in the hot read. I like them a lot just because Cam Newton one time against a terrible pass defense no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat, home game in Carolina, the I'm back moment. I, I think there's a good spot for Cam, but that was at two and a half. I like it much less on the other side of the key number here. So yeah, by the numbers, I definitely understand the Washington play, but it's another one that we are head to head on. Uh, my best bet, first one here, my favorite play of the week is the Indianapolis Colts. Another one we talked about on the hot read, Colts plus seven and a half in Buffalo. I just think the line is way up. I think this game is going to be very close. I think it could be, end up being a lower scoring game. Uh, Colts have been competitive in every single game since that opener when they had the COVID issues. They've been in these games. The Bills have not really faced a lot of great competition. They've only had two games all year against a top 15 defense. They lost both of those. The Colts are the best defense that they've played all year. And by DVOA, they're the best opponent that they've played all year. So I do worry a little bit Indianapolis secondary. I think Josh Allen, if he plays his best, could hurt the secondary and make this pick look very bad. But I like the Colts here. I, I like the seven and a half. I like the money line at plus 270. I think the Colts have a real chance to win this game and like really, really muddy the waters in the AFC. So I'm in on the Colts. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. All right. Do you have another best bet for this week? I don't. I think I gave out all my best bets all throughout this episode. I really like the Saints. I really like the Minnesota Vikings. I think those are my favorites. So I've got one more, but it's kind of a contingency best bet because uh, I do like this a lot, but the line is a little funky right now because we don't really know what's happening. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night on the road in Los Angeles playing the Chargers. Right now it's at plus five and a half because we don't really know. We don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to play yet. Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt are question marks. They got a couple guards who are possibly out. Claypool is a question mark. We know about the Chargers. Joey Bosa is a question mark. Jerry Tillery is a question mark. There's a lot of stuff we don't know here. I like the Steelers a lot in this matchup. And and I like them better, I think, if Big Ben doesn't play. And here's the reason. 
Number one, he's terrible. We've talked about that all year. He's washed. This is not a Mason Rudolph play here, but between them, Big Ben is 51% against the spread. Pittsburgh back of quarterbacks during the Big Ben era, 17-7-2 against the spread. So 71% cover, which tells me that the books are moving too far when Ben is out. And since 2017, they're 6-1 against the spread with four outright wins and a loss by two and a loss by three. So Mike Tomlin, this is the raw, raw Tomlin moment. He's 67% against the spread as an underdog, 54% straight up. Mason Rudolph is seven and three against the spread and Rudolph is a little bit more mobile. And I think opens up the run game for this team. He can play under center more that gets Najee Harris, the ball getting downhill. This is the team you want to be playing when you can run the ball a little bit more. The Chargers are among the worst uh, run D in the league. It's a game in LA. That's a home game for the Steelers. There are going to be more Steelers fans there than Chargers Sunday night, Mike Tomlin, I think they can win outright. It's another very muddy AFC game, plus 210 on the money line. If you want to parlay the Steelers and Colts, they're my favorite two plays of the week. That parlay is over 10 to 1 odds right now. I put that in the app already last night. So I know it's messy. I think this line is way too high. I think the Chargers, at full strength, I think this should have been like Chargers minus one or two or something like that. So I think there's a lot of value on Pittsburgh here. I don't like to play Pittsburgh this year, but... I do think there's some value on Pittsburgh right now. Let's finish up with our week 12 look ahead. Blue 17. Nice rights. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. And I'm going to let you go first on this one because I think that you might be taking the same look ahead pick that I have my eye on. So I've got a second one in play here, but what are you taking for your week 12 look ahead? I'm going to Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half. San Francisco 49ers, this 49ers team, look, market right now, they're laying seven to the Jaguars, but that line's actually going down to six and a half, and you're seeing sharp money on the Jaguars, and I think that's telling. That's telling about the strength of the 49ers. Obviously, they beat a Rams team that lost Robert Woods, and Matthew Stafford is truly struggling. It's a division game, but I'm still not that high on the San Francisco 49ers team. I think the Vikings I probably have them power ranked over the 49ers. That line should be a pickle at best. I think the Vikings are a better team. I think they probably win that game outright. So if they win this game against the Packers or 49ers slips, I think that you can see that line fall. So I'm going to jump out ahead of this and take the Minnesota Vikings. It's a great spot for Minnesota. San Francisco's pass defense, not good. I think Justin Jefferson can have a big game. We know Shanahan is a favorite is very bad. I agree that the Niners on the road traveling east on a short week in Jacksonville. It's a classic letdown spot for them. The Vikings could win. There's a lot of reasons that you can get value on this line. So I think you got to take it now at two and a half. Again, I'm sure that you would put this in teasers as well as a great spot for that. So I like Minnesota. So I'm going to go back to the well on a team that we talked about earlier. I'm going to take the Eagles next week for my look ahead. Eagles minus two and a half in New York playing the Giants. And it's the same reasons we said before, but I think you'll like this one better because the Giants rank 30th in run defense DVOA. So it's back to one of those very bad matchups for the other team. And the Giants are playing Tampa on Monday night. I actually think the Giants could hang in that one, but there's a chance since it's Tampa that the Giants just get run off the field. I think the Eagles could beat the Saints and that would certainly lend some value here. At two and a half, I definitely like the Eagles in in a run spot for them. And I want to grab it now because I think it's going to get past the field goal. 
Yeah, I like that one a lot. I, I really like that. That's a good. That's a good play right there. All right. Well, we're we finally found something we agree on. So I think that's a good spot to go out on. We agree on our Eagles and Vikings for next week. We are head to head on just about everything this week. So we will see how this plays out. It's gonna be a fun weekend of games, a fun weekend of Week Eleven football. And that's gonna wrap it up today for the Action Network podcast and Strong Side Fridays. Please download the app and rate, subscribe, and review the podcast if you haven't yet. Check out Stucky and Raybon's six-pack if you haven't done that yet and get a preview for all the rest of these games we didn't talk about. Raheem and I are on with several others on the Buckets podcast, talking all things NBA as we hit the one-month mark of the season. The two of us are back here on your feeds first thing Monday to talk about everything from this weekend. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend.